Hey everyone, welcome to a quick shot of romance. I am Becky and joining me for this episode is Heather. Hi Heather. Hey Becky. Um, so on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing Forbidden Hearts by Corinne Michaels. This is book one in her Whitlock family series. Um, had you previously read Corinne Michaels? No, this ironically is my very first Corinne Michaels book. I think it is mine too. I, it might be my second. I think years ago I read a book where she has a rock star in a book. I read that, I think, years ago, but, like, way before 2020. Like, it's been a while since I read it. So I felt like this was my first book for her. I did try book one in her previous series, but it was Amnesia Trope, and I just couldn't do it. I just... Yeah, that's not for everyone. I... She's been on my... Like, I've been wanting to read her, and um, Age Gap, Nanny... Like, it just feels like kryptonite. Yeah. No, catnip. Absolutely. So we will link the synopsis of this book in our on-the-shelf show notes at buzzingaboutromance.com. The release date for this is June 5th of 2023. Um, Tropes, single dad, nanny, boss's daughter, small town, age gap, grumpy sunshine, and boy, is he grumpy. He is really grumpy. Um, So the series is The Whitlock Family, and this is a standalone uh, put out percentage. It was a slower burn. Hold on just a second. I have the put out percentage. Um, let's see here for uh, 40%. 40%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you did the audiobook on this. I did. Um, it's Zachary Weber and Desiree Ketchum. And um, I was, saw Zachary Weber and I was like, I'm in. You're in. Was it a really um, good audiobook? It was so good. It was one of those things where I wanted to, I downloaded it. There's another element to this book that really made me want to read it. Um, And then I downloaded it and I saw that and I just ended up listening and reading at the same time. That's how good it was. Okay. Um, There is no third act breakup in this book, um, but we are going to actually talk about the third act uh, because I had... So I'm just going to be really honest. I loved this, the book, for the first 70% of it. Okay. The last 30%, I'm like, what the fuck? We just jumped the shark. Like, what? It was, uh, it, it didn't it, make it sense. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. So we'll get to that. But I just, I just need to be really honest. Like, it was a good book, but I think you have to suspend a whole lot of disbelief that last 30% um but we'll talk about it so Mm -hmm. um if you have not read this book yet and you do not want to be spoiled you are going to want to go read this book and then come back you can find my full review so if you're looking for things you can find my full review on goodreads and on our website um phoebe is our heroine Mm -hmm. and i really liked her i did too i um she is a grad school student um, and she's going into a field that is very near and dear to my heart. So I loved that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, she's been in school in Iowa. She is from a small town in Pennsylvania. She has unexpectedly returned home right at the end of mm-hmm. her first year of grad school. And in the beginning, none of us are sure why she's returned home. She's just returned home. 
Um, her dad is surprised to see her. Yep. And they have she her dad is widowed, and um, they have a really tight relationship. Her and her dad. I think it's very tight, but also um, it seems like maybe she has a lot of secrets or. There isn't a lot of, um, yeah, open and honesty, maybe. Isn't right. thing. Well, I think that this is one of those situations where the way that Corinne Michaels chose to write their relationship is he still sees her as a little girl. Yes. And not an adult. And, and given the fact that he is the sheriff in this small town, it also molded sort of her experience in that town and her experience in the world because... Like, boys were like, mm, she's the sheriff's daughter. Absolutely not. I am not going near her. So she was sort of sheltered and yeah. um, a lot. Um, and I do want to say this because I know this is a me problem. It's not a you problem. I'm really over police and romance. I think that we can do this same kind of story. I think this story would have had the same effect if he was the fire chief in town or mm -hmm. if he was the mayor of the town. Um I personally think romance has a propaganda problem and they tend to um, lots of authors, especially in small town, tend to build these police officers up. And as we all know, in the current society, police don't have a great image. Yeah. And I think for him, he did have, I mean, he did. And Sugarloaf seems like this really idyllic kind of place. Um, where, you know, a great childhood and that is sort of kind of where, like, why Asher, you know, wants to raise. But it's very white. <laughs> but it's a very, very, yeah, it's, it's very small town, Pennsylvania. It's absolutely very small town, Pennsylvania. Um, but let's talk about Asher mm -hmm. because he's actually a transplant into the small town. His mother was originally from this small town of Sugarloaf, which... I learned after I read and reviewed the book, Sugarloaf is actually the name of a town in Pennsylvania. I thought it was made up and I thought it was fucking stupid. Oh, but it's actually a real town. So I apologize to the citizens of Sugarloaf for well, saying your I, town is stupid. Like I have heard other people say the same thing about the town. And I'm like, every state has like dumb names for every town, right? Like, but I really thought it was made up and I'm like, can we do better? And then it's a real town. It's a real town. Like, I think about where I, like, uh, I have a cabin, and it is near Hackensack. I mean, like, what? Who names the town that? Hackensack? But it's a real place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Asher is transplanted into the town. He's He came back in his late teen years with his mother. Um, and he had a... The way Corinne wrote him, he has this, like really tragic family dynamic he's kind of been the caregiver he has a younger sister he has two brothers that are younger and it sounds like his mother was kind of the serial marrier type person mm -hmm. had four or five different husbands and none of them were really great amounted to anything yeah she had a lot of baby daddies and she kind of was like a hot mess express like she tried to do the best she could um, and he seems like he kind of holds that family together. Well, I also think um, it plays into what kind of dad he is because his, mm -hmm. their, his relationship with his little girl's mother 
is very mature, like picture perfect co-parenting the two of them. Yep. They very got, much. So. They got pregnant um, while they were just being friends with benefits and they never really tried to be in a relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. They just have navigated co-parenting like champs. Yes. Um, and they have like very opposites, uh, like very, she's the mom. Sarah is very type A. She's super organized with the binder, the bind. So the mom has, is like, a does something in films and she has to go away. And so he has full custody of their daughter, Olivia, who is deaf. So she requires American sign language to communicate. And he is a, he is also a police officer in the town, and um, not anybody can be her nanny is really what it comes down to. Right, because and so there were a lot of relatable things in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I have a medically challenged child, and having to drive for any kind of interventions and cares that mm-hmm. nothing is in town, like so relatable, yeah. and. Corinne did, and I later had learned that this is kind of an own voice. She is the parent of a child that's hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, she did a great job with, um, you know, showing what it's like. The, the worries are different when you're the parent of a child with different needs. Um, mm-hmm. They're not harder. There's not more of them. They're just different. And Asher embodies those different worries. Oh, for sure. I totally think it is very relatable about having the different specialists and having, it isn't, you know, they aren't, they're just different. I don't want to say problems, but their childhood is different. And it makes sense that you cannot have somebody take care of your child that can't communicate with them yeah that makes complete sense to me yeah I think Corinne did a really great job and so she did a really great job in the single parent part but I want to talk about the relationship between Phoebe and Asher because it was absolute friction in the mm-hmm. beginning because she had one time babysat little Olivia when she was three yep. And Olivia cut her hair and Asher has never let it go. Um, Like he brings it up on their first re-meeting. Like she was 15 when that happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's now 22. (laughs) Like let go, dude. He can't. Like that is also sort of who he is. And he is like dead set against her not being like he is not a fan of this idea but he also is sort of backed into a corner. And so for him, I really loved that he ultimately put his daughter's needs first. Like he is a really great dad. I mean, he really is a great dad. He really is a great dad. Um, and, But let's talk about their relationship. So Asher and Phoebe, there's absolute friction and banter. Um mm-hmm. Corinne did a really great job in balancing the amount of family time, but also adult time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked a couple more intimate, not, I'm not talking sex scenes, just intimate scenes, stolen moments with them. 
because mm-hmm. they were keeping the relationship quiet from Olivia. While Olivia, because and Phoebe is probably eighty percent living as a live-in nanny. Mm-hmm. She does go home on some of his longer day offs, uh, just because she doesn't think she can be around him. <laughs> right, because he—I mean, we've talked about—he is grumpy, and he is like a really big grump. Like he kind of comes really. off as an asshole. Oh, totally. There's a scene where she has she is late picking up the little girl from school. And then he pulls her over. I like, and I'm like laughing. I'm like, dude, you need to chill out. But like and I guess that's kind of some of that cop arrogance that I was talking about before that bugs me a little bit. Like I just I... he was just such a fucking ass. I loved that because I am maybe I'm more like Asher because like I will sometimes ask my husband like you need to do this and then I expect it to be done you know like the way I probably would do it and then he does it his way and so that would annoy the living crap out of me if he couldn't pick up my kid on time and if I could pull him over I probably would. It was like day one. And then he like follows them. Then there's another situation in the ice cream store. And she's just, I really did like how Corinne wrote Phoebe. Phoebe comes, Phoebe is young. Yep. She is not stupid. And and sheltered. But she's not stupid. Now she's made some mistakes. And as the story goes on, we do learn that she had an affair with her professor. And then come to find out the professor is married and has a Mm -hmm. child. I really felt that that was really cliche and I would have liked something different. I don't know. I think I read a couple in a row that were similar stories to that where she has to run home because the professor was married and it just was a little cliche for me. Um, But that also gets into my big hang up in this book. Right. I think Phoebe was very intelligent. I think she's very smart. She's young and she's naive. She lived kind of a sheltered life. She was very naive. Um, but I also think she's very driven and she knew what she wanted. And she had buckled down and really didn't enjoy her time at college. So when she went to grad school, this was her first kind of foray into um, being yeah. more She is. Social. Yeah. And she was. I liked the way she's written. It makes mm-hmm. sense. And it plays into the small town growing up as the chief of police's daughter and all of that. I think that she is a harder character to like, though, because she is very wishy-washy. She is great in the moments with Olivia. If you keep her in those moments, she's a really great, likable character. Yep. But outside those moments, when she has to make choices about her own life... She's so wishy-washy. Very, very wishy-washy. And I had forgotten how young she is. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what I was like at 22, and I probably didn't have my shit together. Like I think I it was I it was very age-specific. She wasn't written like mm-hmm. an old soul. Like, it Mm-mm. all worked. Like, that writing was really well done. She does show some character growth till we mm-hmm. hit that 70%. And now we have to talk about this because I need to understand... I just have to get this off my chest. So this is going to be a spoiler. So if you don't want to spoiler people, don't stop listen. now. Stop now. 
this is the point where the book for me at 70% the book was four stars. Mm-hmm. If I she had it. ended it right there, even with what I'm going to spoil, if it had ended even with that spoiler piece and like, oh my gosh, we now have to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I would have four starred this book and been like, oh my God, read it, read it, read it, read it. It's this last 30%, 20% that I'm just like, huh? What what happened? Okay, so here we go. Stop now. Mm-hmm. We're going to spoil. So after she finds out she is pregnant with the professor's child, which I yep. really liked how that was done. That was done really, yep. really exceptionally well. Yes, because like that will throw you for a loop and how she felt and then how he responded was so epically amazing. Yeah, that was really, really well done. But then when she's like, names her professor and come to find out. So it's in Iowa. She went to school in Iowa. This is central Pennsylvania. The professor Mm -hmm. is his former best friend who sexually assaulted his sister. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. That's suspending some belief. I, I guess I can believe that it was the 14 fucking hour drive from Pennsylvania. He in Iowa, Because here he was, the single dad that cared so deeply for his daughter that he didn't want to let this woman that one time let her cut her hair alone with her. To all of a sudden, he walks out the door, leaving them sitting there, and drives 14 hours to Iowa to punch the guy in the face? That was... I think the best friend came in... um an earlier piece that he grew up in Michigan and that is where that guy is from. But still Michigan, but Michigan to Iowa, that it's going to be the exact same guy, but that part is fine. I could have held on to that part. If he, especially if he had been, here's the other piece, especially if let's say the guy lived in West Virginia, like she had gone to school in West Virginia not Iowa. Like from Philadelphia to Morgantown is a two and a half hour drive. I could have believed that. From Philadelphia to Columbus, where Ohio State is, six hour drive. Could have believed that. Even into Ann Arbor, where Michigan State is, or uh, the University of Michigan is, I could have believed that. But it was he crossed Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and went to Iowa to punch a guy in the face. I have a feeling that it is because it is real. Um, I wonder if it's the reality of um, Iowa. Like, I think Iowa might have um, a really good program for audiology. I think that it's like based on reality. Which is, which is fine. Then don't put, don't make him drive. Do I mean Mm -hmm. it was, It was just that we had this super, super protective father. So seriously, Heather, if your child was 10, was 10, -hmm. 10, would you walk out the, knowing they have special needs, would you walk out the door, the door and drive 14 hours to punch someone in the face? I wouldn't, but I also don't punch people in the face. I know, but I'm just saying, like, this is where my hang-up was. I think that there were ways to do it. A little different. A little different. 
I mean, because I didn't even mind that she, that the guy in the small town had a private charter jet and she was able to beat him there. And that then she meets her professor and all of a sudden this great tech app falls into her lap and she has a job so she can stay in Sugarloaf and have her baby and then go back to school. Like all of that, all of that I could have believed like that is disbelief within romance. I could have totally flown with all of that. It was the act of him walking out the door (laughs) and driving 14 hours. Like you would have thought and hoped that at least an hour or two, he'd have been like, this is okay. So there's that. What am I doing? What What am am I doing? doing? And turned around and go home. I don't need to punch him. I think it's the guilt from the other piece that was driving him. I mean, like looking, I'm not. No, I know. It just was a story. It was a plot point and a storyline piece that I didn't understand. That's all. Mm -hmm. And it just bugged me. It just felt way out of left field. Yeah. And I think I just breezed by that to get to the. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, the end was great. And I liked how she tied things up and dealt with the Uh school issue. And like I said, the pregnancy piece was really, really well done. It's just that drive. (laughs) It's just like, huh? And I guess for me, because I live so close to Iowa, it doesn't like. But he has to go from where he was. But I don't like, I sort of think like to myself, like, oh, when I was reading it, I was thinking that, you know, I was not that far because where I am, does that make? No, I, I understand. Yeah. In relation thing. <laughs> and, I'm, and it's probably because I'm in Ohio and I know mm-hmm. how quickly you can get to Michigan, to Pennsylvania, to Kentucky, to Tennessee, to, to Indiana. Like I am four and a half hours from Chicago. Like if he had been in Chicago, it might've been even a little bit more believable. <laughs> It was the, for me, it was the 14-hour drive across five states. <laughs> and I just, like, that doesn't sound like a very, it just felt out of character for what was supposed to be this overprotective, you know, my daughter is everything, dad. dad. That's all. Yeah. And I just couldn't let it go. Yeah, and I, like, I. I said I never even I don't know if it was mentioned it was 14 hours because if it did I missed it because for me a drive to Iowa State is like two and a half three hours right well it would be nothing for somebody to say oh I'm going to Ohio State okay great I can go to Ohio State it's 90 minutes I can get to Ann Arbor to the University of Michigan in 90 minutes like I can go either way very very quickly um so it again if it was just like he said oh my god I have to go to um, NYC. Let's say he was at NYU or something. Mm-hmm. Again, that would have been like a two and a half hour drive. That would have, I would have been okay with it. I would have let that go. I think it was the length of time for me. Anyway, other yeah. than that, if we could just take that piece out, I liked the book. <laughs> well, let's ignore that piece that happened. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I'm excited for the rest of the books in the series because. I- the siblings really intrigue me. The one that's the farmer, I'm kind of want his story. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited. And I think the yes. sister is going to be very dynamic. And then there's a single dad who's a former Navy man and a widow. Yes. And I 
I thought I knew when the next book comes out, but it's not listed on Amazon anymore. Oh, man. She does a book. I think she does a book about every two to three months. I bet it's sometime this fall. I think you're right. So I, for being my very first Grand Michaels, I enjoyed it. And she does have some books available in Audible, like your Plus membership. So I added those very quickly to my Audible. I really liked her book. I liked it up to that one little piece. Um, And so I'm absolutely going to try her again. Uh, I think that I know that she writes a lot of protective heroes um, and has a lot of military men. So I think that that'll be intriguing. And there was a little cameo from one of Melanie Harlow's characters in this book. Um, The heroine's best friend is Emmeline, who is one of the twins from the Cloverleaf Farm series. Well, and it's funny because I'm just pull- I just pulled up all my little notes that I had taken in the book, and in her dedication, she said to Melanie, "Like, um, thank you for lending me Emmeline in this book, and I'm sorry if people want her book now." And I, I'm telling Melanie Harlow right now, please write Emmeline's book because <laughs> she is a phenomenal side character. I think that's one of the best parts of this book. Well, I loved Phoebe and I loved Asher. And obviously I feel like Olivia stole the show. Um, the side characters in this book were amazing. There was some really great side characters and the small town dynamic was there. Everybody was in everybody's business. It felt real. It was a really great setting of a small town. So that was also exceptionally well done. Um, Okay, do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance? Send us an email to thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will add it to our TBR. Heather, thank you so much for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Anytime, anytime. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.